campers. Ah. Happy New Year, everybody. We are back. We are doing it. Let's get a little old Lang Syne going. Here we go. I, I, I realize this is the cutoff date for telling people Happy New Year. Uh, so I want to make sure that we get this in there. Happy New Year, guys. It's good to be back at camp. And let's just let this ride a little bit. Let's let this ride. I actually love this song. This is the Guy Lombardo version, which for whatever reason, this is the first one that comes up on Spotify. So let's just let this ride a little bit. Yeah, there we go. I just want to make sure I get that cutoff day because I actually, uh, you know what? I got to say, I love this song. I love every version of this song. This could, this song, they could look like, uh, like, uh, <laughs> like, who is like my least favorite? Like, uh, you too could do an old Lang Syne and I would be into it. Um, there's just something, it just kind of hits you in like the right spot. It's a, like, I don't love New Year's Eve really. Like I'm totally fine not doing anything, but when I, there is a part of me that it's not so much that I'd want to go do something where this song is playing with a bunch of people, but like, it's kind of, the, you know what it is? It's to the point where I'd rather just go somewhere do the countdown and listen to Auld Lang Syne and say hi and hug everyone and then like go home. I think that's, I think I like that moment when this song plays and then it's like, all right, well let's, let's go home. I think that's the thing. It's like, we're making, we make such a big night out of like 10 seconds. I mean, and then like the 10 second countdown and then like kind of the 10 seconds after when you're kind of hugging and kissing and like all Lang Syneing. Um, I think then it's just kind of like, all right, let's go <laughs> go to bed now. Um, but no, I don't like New Year's Eve, but I do like that song. I always have. Um, there's just something so like, there's something so like 80s about this song. Like I, all I can do is picture, all I can picture is like, I, just like at a bar in like 1986 that's like carpeted with like, everyone's got like a Michelob, like Michelob light. <laughs> And like V-neck sweaters and cigarettes and like New Year's hats and like they're like guts, <laughs> like sloppy. Everyone's like sloppy drunk but festive uh, or having a good time. I don't know. I just th- this song's great. Um, so yeah, all things. I don't know what that means, but I'm into it. And then it's like because they say for all acquaintance, should all acquaintance be forgot? Isn't that should all acquaintance be forgot? But isn't should all acquaintance be but isn't that line in like a song about America? I'm very confused. And is old? I used to think it was old Lang Syne. I used to think it was old Ang Syne. As a kid, I was always like, what the fuck is that song? But I remember when I first heard it, I was like, when that should all acquaintance, what is that from? Is that from like, it's not from the national anthem. Isn't it from like America, the beautiful or something? I, I don't know. I just, I remember when I heard that, I'm like, why do we sing? that song about America on New Year's Eve. And then it wasn't until I, I realized that it was just this New Year's Eve song. And how did that song get become the New Year's Eve song? Like, what are the lyrics? It's be forgot and never brought to mind. So should old acquaintances be forgot? Like, no. Well, it depends on what someone did to you. Should all the acquaintance be forgot? For all things I might. Take a cup of kindness set for all Lang Syne. But see, that that's the thing. I don't really I don't really get the lyrics, but the song just works so well on New Year's Eve. I wonder like what committee granted that that uh to be the New Year's Eve song. Regardless, uh 
Happy New Year. Love that song. Hope you guys had a good holiday. We are back 2023 and we have a, an abs- absolutely absurd movie on right now called Werewolves on Wheels, which uh, is what is the premise of this movie? Wow. Great review from Rotten Tomatoes. The film is, a, is, is sleazy, cheesy and tongue in cheek and has enough, enough things going for the exploitation film fan. Ah! I mean, yeah, like this film was a masterpiece. All right, easy. That's that's from voice from IMDb. That's definitely not from RogerEbert.com. This film is a masterpiece. Thrilled to Harry, disgusting guys riding enormous motorcycles with no hands. If you like bikes, chicks, werewolves, and monks all rolled up in one, you will love this movie. It's a howling delight. I mean, it looks like a howling delight. They're now eating bread, which actually looks like great bread, uh, dipped in blood. A biker gang and its leader fall prey to a Satan worshiper and his cult. But Satan worship and werewolves, those don't usually go hand in hand. If it was Satan on wheels, that would be fucking, that would be kind of cool. But werewolves on wheels and Satan is an odd, that's an odd pair. But, uh, so is werewolves on wheels, so is werewolves and wheels. Um, yeah, so now this woman just has a snake, and uh, God, you know what? This actually reminds me. So I saw Babylon. Uh, let's just get into it because I've seen some movies that just don't aren't just did not do it for me. Uh, this scene with this woman with the snake could be in the movie Babylon. So for the record, Babylon is one of the worst movies I've seen in in some time. Uh, it's the dude who directed uh, Whiplash and La La Land, which are both movies that I love. Like I understand why people don't like La La Land. Um, it's just a little, it's a little too cute in parts. Um, it, it, like, so, so like even there's, there's even parts of La La Land that kind of make me cringe, but overall, like I love that movie. Cause like it, it just captures that, like how difficult it can be to like, uh, pursue a career in the arts or really anything that that's really challenging. But also, but like what happens when you, when you fall in love with someone, like how do you keep that balance going without like, giving up on your dream and that that kind of resonates with me i've never fallen in love during my time like when i was in new york trying to you know figure out what i wanted to do like i i only went on like two dates in my entire time in new york city because i was just like so focused on trying to figure out what i wanted to do and then once i realized what i wanted to do i just was like really all systems go so i had no time for relationships but when you fall in love with somebody like you have to like oh wow what the this is insane so this biker guy these like it's like the hell's angels just fell into the wrong they found the wrong place to camp um but uh but yeah uh when you fall in love though you, you have to like sit there and deal with that like that you you can't ignore that and yeah, I thought so. I thought La La Land just captured that really well. Like, like what happens when you're pursuing something, you fall in love. But I get why people don't like La La Land. I don't get why anybody would dislike Whiplash. Like, that movie is such a powerhouse. Like, it's one of the best movies. Like, with I can say that with confidence. Of because when did it come out? Like two, like what 2014? So like of the last decade, Whiplash is definitely top ten of the last decade. Like, no doubt about that. Like. You can't argue that. Like, you can't see watch that movie and not like it. It's so fucking good. Um, but so anyway, so the guy that made those movies, I didn't see First Man. I had no desire. But the guy, so Damien Chazelle, he was a great director, made those two movies. And he did Babylon. And it's just like, uh, 
<laughs> I'd rather fucking watch werewolves on wheels. Like it's a move. Like obviously you've definitely seen the trailers for it. Uh, it's this movie that takes place in the, uh, the, uh, the, the transition from silent films to talkies, which when I first saw it, I was like, who really gives a shit? Like, why would you make this $80 million movie, which eventually became a $250 million movie about that time? Like, no, you make an $80 million movie about like werewolves and bikers. Like you make an $80 million movie about, you know, like a, like a fucking mission impossible, you know, or like a, a top gun or like, a really like great like war of the worlds or, or something like that you don't make an 80 million dollar movie about the transition from silent films to talkies like but that but 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 besides the point like so i remember watch started it and i was like man why why would you make this movie like who cares then i the more it went on i kind of like went back on that because oh wow those bikers just regulated on those monks you know what? Don't fuck with Hell's Angels. <laughs> I think these guys definitely got like a curse put on them, but they just went into that, that this like, this like monastery and like they were going into like Sonny's bar and grill <laughs> and just beat the fuck out of these monks that, wow. You know what? Honestly, like this is a, like Hell's Angels are just not any biker gang. Really. I don't care if it's the lowest level of biker gang. I've never been more scared than when I was in the bathroom at this place called the rainbow up on sunset, uh, the sunset strip, which is like a notorious, uh, uh, Hollywood, like rock and roll, um, bar. Like it's, it's, it's been there. Like, it's like, they were all like guns and roses, Motley Crue. They, everybody, they all used to hang out there. They probably still do. Um, and I was there one night and I was in the bathroom and like, I maybe have mentioned this on the pod, a hell's angel came, like two hell's angels came in and they were screaming and they were so tall and i was just like shake this piss out and get the hell out of here because i just i'd never been that close to people who i knew probably maybe have murdered somebody before um they're fucking terrifying they're very very intimidating and they just went into this it's like i think they just got poisoned but like because they're such badasses they were able to like counter the poisoning or the curse with like just how psychotic they are and then they just went in and just like just beat the shit out of these monks that like put a curse on them like just do not fuck with the angels but i'm sure this movie just started so i'm guessing the angels are definitely uh they're definitely (laughs) they're they're what their patch over party is probably gonna have a different i'm sure they're still cursed and it's gonna catch up with them eventually but back to babylon uh so so like i was like miss me on this this making this movie but then i was like you know what it's actually interesting what he was going for with like that time here's more camp lejeune they love this camp lejeune our art like does is do veterans are there veterans just sitting around watching comet like it's so funny that they just pump this camp lejeune stuff on comet like i feel like this is something that you would see on like fox news or something or like fox nation or whatever um like a channel that veterans would watch like what else would veterans watch um i don't know are veterans big buffy the vampire slayer fans or big werewolves on wheels fans whatever um so babylon so yeah it I, I was just like, yeah, miss me on, on just making this movie. But then I was like, actually, no, there, there's something interesting there. The problem is the movie's so self-indulgent. Like it, it opens on this big like Hollywood party in like 1928. And it's just like Coke and people peeing on each other. And like there, there, there's a, there's an elephant 
hooping set piece. And it, it, so I was like, so, so I, the first thing I was asking myself was, I was like, why does this movie exist? Like, and, and it, it exists because Damien Chazelle is a great director who can ba- basically make any movie he wants because he's had two just slam dunks. Like, I don't know how first man did, but like, regardless, like La La Land was a Oscar winning, just slam dunk. Whiplash was a slam dunk. So again, like that he can get any movie he wants made, but then it's just like, this movie's three hours and nine. You made a three hour, nine minute movie about old Hollywood and the transition from talk, from silent films to talkies. Like, why does this movie exist? That was like the first, and, and it's so just self-indulgent and so long and like lacking any coherent story. Like it's such a jumbled story with, which is so many, just like arbitrary beats and scenes to the point where like, so like I said, like I went back and I kind of went back on my initial thought of just being like, well, this is really stupid. But I was like, no, like there's something here. And he could have captured the spirit of La La Land in this. But it's because La La Land's a very like, it's La La Land's a pretty long movie, but it's a really just clear like point A to B. Like you introduce Emma Stone, you know what her thing is. Then you introduce uh, Ryan Gosling and you know what his thing is. And then they meet and then we're off. Babylon starts with just this like I felt like this it was like never gonna end this like 30 minute scene of like okay yeah you introduce the characters but it's it's in this just jumbled long over it's overdone set piece party set piece and I'm just like it's like the movie goes to like such a frenetic just frenetic or frantic like it's just it's so like I think Fernet, it's like just so scattered, um, and that's like my one of my biggest pet peeves with movies is these movies that just like self indulgence. It, it's it's a very self indulgent movie, and so anyway, so like, but I think the point of the movie that he was going for, because I you 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 read, of course you read in an interview that he's like, well, it's a it's a hate letter to Hollywood, but a love letter to film. It's like, dude, I don't even like love letter movies. Like, so you're writing a hate letter and a love letter. You're writing too many letters. Just make a goddamn movie and fucking (laughs) you know don't stamp the letter you don't need to address it to anybody just make a movie stop with the love letters all right (laughs) just stop like uh, i mean do love letters even really work (laughs) like a girl i don't even really know um i feel like uh i i just i these directors that make their love letters like because, because you know, when they make their love letter, they're too focused on the on the love letter, and not they're not focused on the story. Like, keep story and love letters apart, or and, and hate letters. Like that that's what happens anytime i see a movie that's a love letter i'm like up oh, this is going to be overly indulgent and overly long it's going to be scattered because they're writing a love letter they're too focused on what they on like things that they love and and like i've never written a love letter before uh I, i've written a love email I, I wouldn't say i've written a love email I've written, I've written, uh, I, how I feel about somebody letter, not quite a love letter. Um, but no, like when, when, when it's a love letter, the movie's going to stink because you know, write a story. <laughs> how about that? Uh, write a fucking story. 
every time it's a love letter, it just gets muddied and jumbled with shit because you're not, you're so enamored with the subject that you're just, you're forget you're, you're forgetting about the thing that literally got you the creative control that you want, which was whiplash, which was La La Land. Just like clear, fucking concise stories that are great. And then, and the, yeah, then these directors get all that power and th- they get that, they get that fucking paper and pen out and they start the, 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 they get caught in the feels too much. And then, then they write a love letter and, and God, like, like I said, like do love letters work? <laughs> like, I feel like don't tell, don't tell somebody how you feel because you know, like, what's that advice in days of confused? Like, don't tell her. I mean, I think like pickup artist and game shit is sociopathic, but it's like, never tell, never let somebody know how much you like them because they could drop you like that. It's kind of the same thing with when directors make fucking love letter movies. It's like, dude, you're coming on too strong. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not, you're coming on way too strong. I'm not into it. So anyway, so I was watching it over break cause I had the screener for it. And it, it was sent digitally, so it was like sent through my email. So I got the love letter in my email. And uh, so I was watching it on my computer, which is just not how I like watching movies, but I, I was just very curious about it. And I just, I, I hated it immediately, but I ended up finishing it. I finished it last night. Um, and like, I got, I I understood what he was going for with the movie. Like, Holly, like it's basically like a statement on just how ins- like Hollywood has always been this like very debaucherous. Not so much now; it's a little bit more buttoned up now, but it still has its its moments of debauchery. Wow, this biker gang is sick. Oh, these guys are bad. Oh, that's definitely like the Coachella Valley. Wow. Um. So no, like Hollywood has always been debaucherous, and I think it was even more demented back in like the twenties when people were living out here and it, you, nobody really knew. I feel like nobody really knew what Hollywood was in the silent film area, especially in like the twenties, thirties, forties and fifties. It was like the wild West out here. And I think you could get away with more just really deviant fucking behavior. But anyway, so Hollywood has always just been a, a really just twisted place of just drugs and sex and just like cruel behavior, like treating people poorly. Um, you, you know, just, yeah, I, like, I mean, there's the whole thing about, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, everybody, you guys all know what Hollywood is like. They say like LA is like the, the, the you turned, uh, the country on its head and like LA is like the people that come to LA are like the spare change that falls out. Like it is, it's, 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 it's a ridiculous city. It's a ridiculous industry. It's debaucherous. It's twisted. It's fucked up. Uh, and yeah. And, and so they captured, but at the same time, like this industry does, like when you think about movies, like, so all that crazy degenerate shit that goes on in this town and this industry create, like somehow comes together and creates like magical moments that are a, a big part of our lives. So like, that's kind of the point of the movie is to be like, what an insane industry this is. And then at the end it gets into like, yeah, but it does make us feel these feelings, whether it's laughter, crying, uh, 
whether you hate it, like what I'm doing right now with this movie, like it generates so many um, emotions, but mainly thinking of like the good parts, like the, the Terminator twos, the, the Godfathers, the Goodfellas, the easy riders, the werewolves on wheels, the Forrest Gumps, the, you know, terms of endearments, the, as good as it gets, the Armageddon's, the, the everything like movies are such a big part of our lives and they, they can shape a lot of people's lives. I mean, and they can inspire you and like, well, you remember the Titans and working girl, whatever the fuck. Like, so that's really the point of the movie is like this bizarre f- twisted ass city in industry generates these really meaningful, special things that we, that we carry with our, in our lives forever. So like that was, that's the, t- I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like his, again, like I said, it, it, it was his love letter and hate letter. I hate letter to Hollywood, love letter to film. And, and I got that, but like the, and the point was in there, but it was, in, it was just, the execution was just so just poor. And, and it could have been, it actually could have been a great, and I don't know why it was called Babylon. Uh, it could have been like a great, it really could have been a great movie. And, and he, 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 he like shit the bed completely. Like, it, it could have been this great movie that made it that was like a critical and, com- um, and commercial success, like Whiplash and La La Land. But he just again, these directors get um, they get that power and they get they fucking they I don't know they the one who just gets it right is I think more than anyone is Tarantino. That guy has so much power, which he's earned every every speck of. But it. Uh, Somehow he, his movies are long. I don't love a lot of the recent ones. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love Inglorious Bastards. I didn't love Django, but I, I, I feel like Tarantino does stay true. Like there's always going to be some self indulgence, no matter who the director is. But like somehow I feel like he does like him, and I feel like like Spielberg. I feel like those guys like definitely they keep it pretty. They, they. I feel like they don't forget about story. Like I feel so like like I, I, my two examples mainly of of what really pissed me off are definitely Licorice Pizza and Babylon are just two examples of just like man like do we need to be get like can we give them like eighty percent creative control and like give the twenty percent to like maybe the the the, the business side like again when because when when you give someone complete creative control you do you go off the rails a bit and you kind of have like a really self-indulgent kind of jumbled movie that's kind of like well that was kind of long and like what the, what was the point of that scene but then when you take the business when 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 creative decisions are being made by like just studio execs are getting the final say that's when you have just a really like just sh- oh that biker gang just got it fuck all right. So I okay. Yeah, this is about to get, <laughs> they thought they were in the clear. They were just biking. They pulled over for like some easy rider, like sitting around the fire side moment. And now they're <laughs> now the, now the fangs are coming out. Um, when, when creative decisions are made by business people, that's when you get like, uh, just like a shit movie. Um, I, I just feel like there needs to be a medium, a more, I just think that when film is done in a collaborative, a more collaborative way, I just think that that's when the best work gets done. Um, that's just my opinion. And I think, and Babylon was the epitome of just like, 
you gave him just too much goddamn control. Like this movie should have, it's three hours and nine minutes. It should have been two hours and nine. It should have been two hours and nine minutes. You should have cut an hour off of this movie. I've never seen a more like a movie with more arbitrary, like beats and set pieces in my life. Um, and I like, are we sure Margot Robbie's a good actress? Like for whatever reason she was in the Wolf of wall street and she plays, she's got the New York accent and is it my imagination or does she have that New York accent in like every movie? Um, I, she just, she doesn't really do it for me. I think she's stunning. And I, I mean, like she's definitely talented, but like, eh, she's not good in Babylon. Um, I, Brad Pitt's okay in Babylon, but I, I, I think somebody else, maybe, I think maybe a younger act, you, you know, honestly, he should have just done Gosling and Emma Stone again. Like, they're just, it just, it's, it's just not, there's just no, the movie has no charm. And I, again, I think that was the point is that like Hollywood doesn't have a lot of charm, but like the product has charm. And that, that's, that's the point. Like at the end, this guy's watching a movie and he's really moved and you see the other people in the theater and they're all really moved. And it's like, man, this, this, this crazy industry makes these things that pull, bring a lot of emotion out for us. And Ah, I just, I just, it was just, you have to just see it because it's almost hard for me to like go through it all and explain it all. You'll see it when you watch it. You're just like, what was the point of that? Like, and it's basically the, the way you'll feel after the movie. The best part of the movie was actually, there was a period at the end where you see Terminator 2. Like, that's another thing that's just like bonkers. Like, the movie, and this is another thing, because then I'm going to get into the Whitney Houston biopic. Like, this is a thing that these movies do sometimes. Like, so the guy, this, the, the movie, the Babylon ends at a movie theater, and you're, they're watching Singing in the Rain. And then that transitions to, like, all the movies that have existed throughout time, from, like, the literally the first moving picture, which was just, like, a guy on a horse, to literally Terminator 2. Like, it's so it's like a... It's like a um, it's like a montage of movies throughout the years, and then like the ink in film, it's it's like all right, dude, like we we fucking get it. I'm I'm getting kind of tired of like movies about the magic of movies because the movie is usually shit, and it's like you know what, man, I'd rather watch Terminator Two. Like you literally just showed me all these movies that I would have much rather watched other than this one. Kind of like what I said with Empire of Light on the last pod. Big breath. Um, so yeah, I, I and it's the same thing with the Whitney Houston biopic. Like I, I that movie stinks. Um, I you know I I love Whitney Houston, but the I I really think that these <clears throat> these movie biopics are not good movies. I think we're being tricked into thinking that they're good movies, uh, because of the music set pieces in the movie. Like as, especially when the movie is. A uh, when they didn't when the, it's not the actor singing when they have the person singing the actual artist singing and then the actor is just lip syncing to that to that to that uh, to that song it it's like it, it's like dull movie dull movie music set piece and you're just like oh my god like this movie's amazing it's like no Whitney Houston's amazing like <laughs> I'd rather just listen to Whitney Houston which I do quite often because I she's a, she's great and her music's always on the radio. So it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, they just feel very, 
I've 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 gone on a music a music biopic tangent before, and they yeah they they just I think they I think these movies trick you into thinking they're better movies than they actually are because of the music. That's why Walk the Line is so good. It's Joaquin Phoenix. He's the one singing, and we didn't really know like. Like, I, I don't use the word zeitgeist very often, but Johnny Cash, like his music, yes, but Johnny Cash wasn't that big a part of the, the I'm going to do it. I'm going to say zeitgeist. I, I, I never use that word, but he, he really wasn't not in the way like Whitney Houston and, you know, Queen or like Elton John are, uh, in my opinion, like Johnny Cash is definitely one of the biggest um, music artists like of all time for sure. But it, it, like, again, like I said, like not, especially that movie came out in 2006, but that, that was still pr- like primal social media. Like we weren't inundated. Like we just, we didn't, we still didn't know everything about everybody. So I feel like Johnny cash was still like kind of a mysterious figure, which is why that movie was so good. You really felt like, Oh, I'm really getting something here. That all, that movie also feels so real because him and, and Reese Witherspoon are singing to the point where if it wasn't even about Johnny cash and June Carter, I'd like to take their names off of it. I feel like I'd still be engaged in that movie because that movie is so good. Um, but with like, I want to dance with somebody like we've kind of watched Whitney Houston, like, we've kind of watched the whole story like through the news and through social media and just being able to look up something on the internet. And the fact that she had that show on VH one with Bobby Brown, that insane show, or it was basically a show about like the effects of crack. Um, like we, we saw it, like we just saw it. So when those, those moments happen in the movie, it's kind of like, I feel like I just like, okay, it's sad, but I already knew it was sad. Like we literally watched this woman just like, just go into a downward spiral and like still like making great music. But like, I don't know. Sometimes when you see these moments happening in, in real life, the movie just doesn't really, it's just kind of like, yeah, no shit. Like I, I, I just, I already knew this. So it's just, it's just not that interesting. But then you see a set piece where like Whitney Houston is singing and the actress is lip syncing and you're like, uh, you're just like, Oh my God. Like, this is amazing. It's like, no, that song's amazing. Whitney Houston's amazing. Like I, I, I'm, I'm tired of these biopics, but, but the point I was trying to make is like at the end, it, it's true. Like we, like Brandon and I talked about this on a, an episode last year. It's like at the end when it's just like Whitney Houston went on to like the, the so-and-so went on to da, 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 da. It's kind of like, no shit. I like, it's just kind of, they're just like telling you things that you already kind of know. It's so funny. Like, so we wrote our Rolling Stones biopic, which again, like takes place over a three month period, which is, I, I wish more biopics did this. And I remember like one of my ideas was like, should we like at the end of the movie, um, it, it, the movie ends on Mick and Keith up in the Hollywood Hills, like exile on main street just came out and the hell that they went through to get that album made. And I was like, Oh, like, should we have like a video of like Mick and Keith now? Like we wrote that script in 2014. Should we do it now where it's like they're performing on stage and then the words like da, 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 da. And I was, and this producer and, and good on him. He was just like, no, we don't have to have that because 
We already know that. Like we know what Mick, Mick, Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger. And I was almost, I was almost said Mick Richards. We know what Mick Jagger and Keith Richards have done. We don't need to remind anybody. Like you just watched it and you've watched it throughout time. And he was just like, no, we don't need that. We already know. And I was like, man, like what a great idea. Like I'm an idiot, but it's because you see that and never oh, bump a Coke. So you can take the you can take the uh, the hell out of the angel, but this guy's just like, what the fuck? I thought he got bit by the werewolf, and now he's still doing blow. Man, you just could really take the hell out of the angel, but uh, <laughs> well, I got nothing on that one. Um, I don't know what's going on here. They're in some rock formation, gathered around. Did he just do a line of coke for like a dead? Wow, I think there's I think one of their buddies just died and instead of pouring one out, he poured one out on his on his uh, on his hand and shot it up his nose. That's fucking great. What is their name? Okay, now the now the other guys are now the other guys are taking a drink for their lost brother. Wow, that was so good. Um Yeah, like you don't you don't need the uh you don't need the whole like uh, they went on to do this and this. I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. But but anyway, so yeah, in Babylon, it's just like this guy's in the movie theater and, and he's this guy who had worked in the industry and he got kind of like exiled from it and he's at a theater watching a, the, a movie. And then it transitions to it's just like, like I said, like Singing in the Rain goes, goes to every great movie throughout time, culminating in like Terminator 2. I'm just like, Dude, we we get it. Movie, like we get it. I, I, we all know movies are amazing. Like we we watch them every day and night. We get it. I don't need the reminder that movies are amazing and that they're magic and that they bring us together. But like, I would have appreciated more if he had just done it in just a, like a tighter, more cohesive, more coherent, less self indulgent way. And it's a shitty movie. It's a shit movie <laughs> that I don't recommend. Uh, and it's a bummer because it, it could have been pretty cool. Um, but it stinks. It's, 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 it's a really shit movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not good. Uh, I'm shocked that there's even anybody out there giving it a good review. It, that's mind boggling to me. And then like, some people are comparing it to Boogie Nights, which is such, such dis, so much, so disrespectful to Boogie Nights. <laughs> Cause again, like, okay, Boogie Nights is a long movie and it's like, but I, it, I don't feel like see boogie nights is like about excess and it, it it's self-indulgent, but not really like it really isn't like all the insanity of boogie nights. It all feels like very natural Babylon. It all feels very forced. It's like, it, it's like a guy that again, like he's this guy who's never done cocaine in his life. And I mean, I don't know if PT Anderson has, I'm pretty sure he probably has, but like, the director of Babylon, I do definitely has never done cocaine in his life is like trying to make this movie. He's trying to put like a bunch of cocaine in to be cool, which were they doing a lot of cocaine in the twenties? I mean, I guess, but it feels weird to see them do cocaine in a movie that takes place in the twenties, but they're doing it like they're in the seventies. <laughs> it was just like, and flea is in it, which it's like, Oh, the devil's advocates. That's a cool biker name. Um, so, so, okay. So, so yeah, so there's boogie nights comparisons, which, 
everything in Boogie Nights just feels more like it more natural and like it fits just so much better because Boogie Nights is just such a better made movie and a, a better told story than Babylon ever could be. And when I watch Boogie Nights, I'm never just like, wow, that was, they kind of overdid it. Like, no, like it all feels very like everything in Boogie Nights just feels right. Like it's supposed to be there. It's the right amount of everything. And Babylon, it's just like, it's, 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 it's doesn't feel natural. It feels like very inserted and very just, there's just something so unnatural about it. Like it's just so like misplaced and odd. Like you can have a party. I, 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 I get it, but I don't know. There was, there was just something about like, there's so much cocaine being done in the movie. It, it's just, they're, they're biting boogie nights. I mean, they, they're biting boogie nights and, and, and it's boogie nights. It, like <laughs> I can't even, I just, I just, if I read one more comparison to boogie nights, I'm going to fucking, cancel my letterbox subscription uh it's just it's just stop comparing it to boogie nights like boogie nights is a masterpiece babylon is a disaster piece hey there we go is that an expression um it's just not a good movie and and i want to dance with some or excuse me whitney houston's i want to dance with somebody which is just be called i want to dance with somebody which maybe like not like can we not call it by a song i mean like i i get it I mean, we'll walk the line, but well, whatever. That's not a, that's not a real nitpick, but it's not, uh, it's not good. Whitney Houston, the, it's not good. Um, it just isn't, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think what is good. There was another movie that just didn't do it for me. Um, oh, I saw this movie last night called, uh, decision to leave, which is, which is also kind of jumbled. It's a Korean movie. um, it's a little jumbled and, and it's a good movie and it's really like well-made, but it's, it's, a, I'm not going to get too into it, but it's, uh, it's, it's a little jumbled in the second part. But anyway, um, this isn't about decision to leave, but that it is a good movie. If you were wanted to see it, it it's solid, but yeah, Babylon and Whitney Houston, those are not good. Camp good boy wreck of the weeks. What is camp good boy wreck of the week is fucking Tulsa King. See Tulsa King <laughs> is what I'm talking about. That new Stallone show that's on Paramount Network, that show is like my dream show. It's just, it is so fucking clean and simple. Like, it, like, it is just a clean fucking fastball down the middle premise about Sylvester Stallone gets out of jail. He's a mob, he's a mob, uh, mobster gets out of jail. Things have changed. He's kind of, he's kind of old. And the, 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 the family is like kind of run by a younger crew. And they're like, we want to put you to, we want to send you to Tulsa. He goes to Tulsa. It's Sylvester Stallone <laughs> as a mobster in Tulsa, which doesn't have like, I don't know what the Tulsa mob scenes like. It's not like like Kansas city as far as like Midwestern mob families go, but it is just such a great fish out of water, just clean fucking premise. Stallone doing his thing. I, it, great show. I, I, I couldn't love it anymore. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that show is just so good. Um, that's definitely camp. That was like the highlight. Cause I feel like when you go home during the holidays, it's usually like, there's like binging. That was just the, the binge to end all binge binges. It was, it's so good. Um, but yeah, Babylon just not, eh, it's just, eh, it's frustrating. It's, that's the thing. It's frustrating that like, 
it's not sour grapes for me where I'm just like, no, it should be my movie. Like, it's not even that at all. Like when I get salty about a movie, it's not, it's not a jealousy thing at all. It, it never really is. It's just a, I don't, I, I, I hate when movies stink. It sucks. Um, it, it's unfortunate. And w- when it's somebody who's really good, uh, it's like, oh man, like you, you, it's like, again, it's like Tarantino or Scorsese, like these directors whose movies you look forward to. It's frustrating when it does, doesn't meet your expectations, which you should keep your expectations in check, but it's hard when these guys are just such powerhouses and they make great movies. You, you just, you want it to be good. And when it's not good, it sucks. Um, so if you want to see Babylon, Hey, see it. And if you like it, you like it. But like, I, if you, if you like it, slide in the DM and tell me why you liked it. Uh, and maybe we can have it or don't. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be, uh, steered to the other side. I'm not going to be swayed. Like these bikers are like cursed. I'm not going to take your curse. Like these bikers, like these bikers have complete, like this dude got bit in the neck. I figured he'd turn. He's still just ripping a cigarette in the desert with, uh, with his other biker buddy. Um, I would think that these guys would be werewolves by now, unless it's, is this like a metaphor for like the fact that bikers are kind of werewolves? They're kind of like monsters. I don't know. Um, but no Babylon it's uh, yeah, no Babylon. I, I, I still don't know why it's called Babylon. I, 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 just, I don't get it. And Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody is just, just dance with somebody else. I don't know. Find, a dude, find another dance partner. Um, just listen to Whitney Houston. You'll have more fun. Um, that's the, what I try to do. Um, and yeah, so that's that. And, uh, 2023, here we go. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Uh, let's see. Babylon jumbled movies. Oh, can we, can we, you know what I'm sick of? Um, look, I will Ferrell old school anchorman, uh, you know, some of the stuff on SNL, he's not my favorite SNL cast member, but like, you know, he had some, he had some great stuff. I'm not saying that Will Ferrell is not funny, nor am I saying that he's not talented. I think Will Ferrell is great. I, I haven't really liked anything he's done in like a while. Can he stop with like the showing up at places? Like, like there's like a, there was like a Warriors game. And they're in like their layup drill pregame. And then like, I don't know where Will Ferrell shows up and he's like in the lineup at like the game and like that, that in his get up from that movie semi pro. And he's just like doing the layup drill. And then like, like I think like the LA football club, the soccer team won a championship and like Will Ferrell's in the locker room. And like, does, doesn't he like show up at weddings or something? Is he, does he, is he one of the celebrities that does that? Like I, I'm sick of seeing Will Ferrell insert himself into something for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. It's really annoying. I'm so not into it like at all. Um, I just, I saw a video of him at like the LA football club. I'm like, you get this guy out of here or like he'll show up at like USC practice in like compression shorts or something. It's like, all right, dude. Like it, I just feel like he's telling the same joke over and over again lately. And I'm not, it, it's just not doing it for me. So I had that written down. Um, Will Ferrell uh, showing up at places. I'm just, I'm, t- I'm tired of, and I'm kind of like, I, I can't tell if, like, if I ever got married, cause you, you hear these stories about like, Oh, Bill Murray showed up at this wedding and what the fuck? So now he hugged his buddy and they're just rolling down this hill. Wow. 
<laughs> this movie, there's moments in this movie that are bizarre that remind me of Babylon. That you're just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Um, but, uh, but, um, I mean, this movie really is Easy Rider meets uh, meets like American Werewolf in London, uh, which is a, an insane comparison. Uh, but um, what was I going to say? What was I talking about? Um, uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, Will Ferrell. Uh, it, uh, uh, just, it's, it's just stay, do your movies, do the talk shows, uh, and then just go to the restaurants and have fun with your friends and then go home. <laughs> like, like, stay, stop inserting yourself into other people's shit. Uh, it's not that funny. It's, and again, like I said, it's like, he's telling the same joke over and over again. And, uh, and, um, there was another point I was gonna, I was making, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know how I would feel if like I was getting married. I mean, again, like it's easy to like say it now, but if you were getting married and like, let's say you were getting married at like a, you know, wherever and like, I don't know. Like Adam Sandler shows up. I, like, it, it, I, I mean, I guess you'd because you're drunk and you're celebrating. It's just like, whoa, yeah, Adam Sandler's here. Or like again, like if Will Ferrell did it, it's like, oh, like let's take a picture. But I, would it be cool? I, like, I, I mean, I guess it would be um, because the, like your wedding is like the most important day of like. I mean, it's not the most important day, but like it's a big celebratory day. I feel like you're in such a non bitter, angry mood. Like you're in such a good mood if you're getting married, um, that I feel like it, like, I kind of get it. Like, I feel like if you saw a celebrity that you loved and like, like, again, like Bill Murray showed up and like bartended, it'd be like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like, like what an amazing day. And then like Bill Murray showed up. Like, I guess I get it. I just, there's something like that's like fucking kind of stupid. about it. I don't know. I, I, I probably, I probably wouldn't care. Like who cares? Like, what are you going to do? Like, Hey man, can you get out of here? Like, no, like you're going to say like, Oh no, stick around. But there is something a little cringy about it. I guess. I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's that rant. I, I needed to get that Babylon rant out of my, uh, out of my system because God, I like, I could, I could just go on. Um, I could, I could really go on. Like it's, and it's like really, it's weird. Like there's a lot of like poop and pee, and like vomit. It's, that's, it's, it's, it's a gross movie. Um, it, it just is. It's a, it's a gross it's a fucking gross movie. I, I think that's what it is. And like Toby Maguire's in it for no reason whatsoever. I still don't understand his scene, but he's got these disgusting yellow teeth. And then his like assistant is like spitting everywhere. It's like, it's fucking disgusting. It's like, dude, we get it. Hollywood's a gross place. Like, can, couldn't you have found like a better, like it would be better. Would, that see again. This is why La La Land was so good. La La Land captured just how vicious Hollywood can be. And like when she's like in the when she's in the uh, the audition, she's like pouring her heart into the audition. And then somebody comes in and interrupts her audition, and uh, is like just saying that like so and so called like call them back. And then they're just like, oh, you, okay, yeah, we've seen enough. Like that's that's a great way to show just how fucking like savage this industry can be in Babylon. It was just, it was a lot of just like pooping and peeing and spitting and vomiting. Uh, and like, like poor Brad Pitt because, because Brad Pitt's this like silent film actor who's, 
who, again, he's a silent film actor. He doesn't have to talk. <laughs> like, now he has to talk, and he realizes that he can't act. And it's, yeah, like, it's sad. Uh, I don't I don't know that it's so sad that it had to go in the direction that it goes in with him. It goes pretty dark, but... Because I was just like, well, dude, you had your moment, like, so that's it? Like, I don't know, go raise horses or something. <laughs> like, I, But but again, like, I don't know, I, like, may, that's that. this is the thing, this is why it actually was interesting, because it's like, yeah, what was that like when you were famous for something, and then it just completely changes, which happens in the industry, it's always changing, and it's always just like, I mean, it's changing now even for, like, me, it's like, oh, whoa, things just aren't as, like, I was talking about that on the last episode. Things aren't as like easy is the wrong word, but things aren't kind of as easy as they were. So it's like a little bit more difficult. So I guess it was just like a metaphor for the industry is always changing, especially back then when again, like you were in these movies where you didn't have to say anything. And now all of a sudden you have to say anything and convey like emotions in a different way. It's, it's an interesting idea. But like, it just wasn't executed. It was just poorly executed. Like, it, it, like uh, Chazelle just missed the mark. Like he was, he was like throwing. He was axe throwing, and the axe ricocheted off and like rolled back and like cut his toe off. Um, he just he missed he missed the mark big time. Um, uh, there was something else I was gonna say. Uh, I, yeah, so I, I I just feel like if the if the main characters just like just focus on two. And just if you just made them a little more endearing, I think the movie would have been better. It was just jumbled. Um, and then there was another point I was going to make. Uh, fuck. Um, but, 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 what was the other point I was going to make? Uh, um, fuck. Damn it. Uh, it figured, <laughs> I forgot what it was. Um See, this is the problem. It's so there's so much shit going on that you just you f- completely forget. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, so there's there's an like I said. So there should only just have been two characters. So there's Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, this jazz trumpeter whose stories just they completely neglect. Uh, then there's this this uh, Spanish guy who I don't really know exactly what he was. He was like I think he just lives in L.A. and he wants to be in the industry, and he somehow ends up becoming a studio exec. Which it's like he just like falls into becoming a studio exec. Which maybe it was an easier job to get back in 1920s because it's it's not an easy job to get now. Um, he's at the movies. So this was bizarre to me. He's at the mo- he's at the movie theater and people are going crazy for this like I think it's like an Al Jolson movie. It's the movie that Karen Hill and Goodfellas is watching when the cops come over to uh search her home. It's the movie that's on TV. The guy's uh dancing and like making a whistling sound with his hand. That's the movie that this guy goes to see and he's like blown away and he races out of the theater and goes to a payphone. He's like, it's changing. I know like what's different. Like we got to do this. And it's, it's, it's baffling to me to think. And again, I can't speak for it because I wasn't alive in the twenties, but like, was it that big of a shock that like, I mean, we, it's not like we walk around in silence. (laughs) Like we talk to people, we hear music, we hear cars uh, honking their horn. We hear, you know, windows slam. We hear doors shut. We hear, (laughs) we've had our ears and our hearing since the beginning of time. Like it's crazy to me to, to think that like, 
that when you made a movie with sound, people were that like, of course they're into it. Like, like it's, it's almost amazing. It's almost amazing to me that like that wasn't the, and again, maybe I, I'm probably the technology wasn't, um, wasn't, uh, it was, it was harder to, to make. They didn't have the technology yet, but like, was it that big of a shock that it was that this guy's like floored that the audience is loving this Al Jolson movie where he's singing and where they can hear. It's like, yeah, dude, that's life. You <laughs> hearing like, I, I, I don't, I like, I, I don't have much sympathy for these silent film actors. Like, I mean, it, it sucks because that their generation of like work is really forgotten, but it's like, well, yeah, man. I mean, you're not you're not saying anything. I, like I've the only silent movie I've ever seen, I think, is like the ones in like the ground around uh, <laughs> those restaurants. They would always play silent films, and like I guess it was weird for like someone like Charlie Chaplin, but I don't know. I I, I just I, I've never been a silent guy. I've never been a silent film. I don't like silence. Like I don't like like a a silent car. Like I need a radio on or like. A de- like I don't like absolute silence. I need like something like whether it's like my air purifier on like miss me on silence. So there's a scene where he's like he can't believe like the reaction of people in the theaters loving the um, loving the uh, um, um, the 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 sound the talkie, and I'm just like man like get fucking get get it together again i'm sure it was probably bizarre but um it couldn't have been that bizarre it's like oh wow S- wait sound that they're, they're acting like they've never heard sound before I, and again like <laughs> i wanted really hammer home the message like i don't know what it was like back then maybe it was weird and like surreal to actually go and see sound on on a tv well, like what about a radio like you listen to music on the radio like why, why wouldn't you think that that would work in a movie. I don't know. Again, like I can't, I can't speak for, uh, for, for that to people of that era, but it just didn't, it didn't work. It didn't do it for me. I just, I fucking hated it. Um, so yeah, so that's that. Uh, that was really all I want to talk about, uh, today back in the new year, back at camp, the cabins are painted. The linens are fresh winter camp. We are doing it. And I, uh, I think we've got about two minutes left. Let's get into some shout outs. I did not write them down, but that's all right. I'll go to the comments and here we go with let's see what we got here and uh yeah all righty first shout out to the new year feeling good feeling strong i hope you guys it's off to a good start it's been kind of a kind of of a a tough couple days like uh that poor buffalo bills player and i hope he's okay that got hurt a few nights ago uh, some rainstorms coming in. It's off to a rocky start, but you know, it, shit happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I donated to that guy. If I could take a break, I donated to that Buffalo Bills player. That's insane. Like, he wanted to raise $2,000. It's already at $5 million, So, shout out to that guy. I hope, uh, I hope he's, he, he recovers. Um, that was brutal. Um, but let's get back to some shout outs here. Uh, let's see. Shout out to Hey shout out shout out Hey shout out Al Espo shout out Um Hey shout out uh let's see Hey shout out Maiden Polska shout out Hey shout out shout out uh shout out um 
JP Makovic. Shout out. Long time no talk. Um, shout out to. Uh, hey, shout out to Jalen Deff. Uh, shout out. Hey, shout out Jimmy Guards. And last one. Shout out. Hey, shout out Long Island Wise Guy. Shout, hey, shout out Corporate Humor. Shout out, guys. Thanks for supporting the page. Happy New Year. Hope it's off to a good start. Thanks for listening. If you are listening, and let's let this ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Goat Soap. Goat Soap. Let's get into some Goat Soap. Uh, GoatSoap.com. Can't, can't stress it enough. You got to get on this stuff. It's amazing. Not Goat.com. GoatSoap.com. Um, GoatSoap.com, guys. I, I continue to use it. That's not stopping. I love it. I look forward to showering every time. Um, it is the best soap that I've ever used. Natural goat milk. Uh, safe ingredients, small batch, handcrafted, made in the USA, cruelty-free if you didn't get any in your stocking. Uh, put the stockings back up and see if Santa can bring you some more. Uh, lemongrass, patchouli, floral, unscented, lavender, peppermint tea tree. It's so damn good. I love it. I smell good. I smell clean. And like I said, I want clean campers. So get on this stuff. Go to goatsoap.com. Type in Camp 20 at checkout. Three bars or more, you get... Um, you get uh, three bars or more. Shipping is free. So, like, it's a great deal. You're going to love it. Try this up. Try a little New Year. If you've got that bar of ivory in there that's got pubes all over it, that dirty bar of ivory, try some goat soap. Uh, the pubes look better than goat soap. Um Though those bars of soap are just so disgusting. Goat soap is not disgusting. It like looks so good on that on that uh, soap. Uh, what are those soap things? Those dishes that are like plastered into the wall in your shower. It just it's a handsome bar of soap. It's 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 like really sharp and jagged when you take it out of the box. So I recommend like kind of pounding out the corners a little bit on the wall so that it's a little smoother. But regardless, it just it cleans it cleans. Cleans you up, makes you feel good, makes you feel clean, smooth, smelling good. Goatsoap.com, camp 20 for 20% off. You're going to like it. You're going to love it. You're going to smell good. New soap, new year, new you, new smell, new soap, new shower, new everything. Get on it. Um, and, yeah, I thought there was something else. So Will Ferrell showing up. Uh, you know that thing where I, I, I was taking a lot of lifts and Ubers during the holidays because uh, the uh, uh, before the holidays because um, because uh, my moped had a nail in it so I wasn't taking my moped a lot and I didn't know there's this new thing where you can review the driver while you're on the ride um, I never knew that before that could be kind of awkward if if you're having a shitty like what if like the ride is like like is anybody like reviewed I've never reviewed it during the ride because like what if it's I mean I I mean again like if you're having like an awful Uber ride and you tell him through the review like you give it like like how's your ride going like eh, it's like three stars like that's going to be a weird that's going to make things kind of it's going to make I just feel like that's an odd feature to have cuz it it could if you're just a really honest person like if you're like kind of like a like a Karen or like you're a rabid like Yelp reviewer um like I just, I just would imagine that would just be such an. It would be more awkward than what Uber already is. To the that it's you're in a, you're in a stranger's car, <laughs> being driven. You don't know this person. You're just putting your life in their hands, uh, which is also very odd that we put our lives in these strangers' hands and they go like ninety <laughs> like on like the highway. Um, 
I just, it just feels like a very like passive aggressive way to tell, like if it's a shitty ride and you're just like, I think maybe like two, like if their car stinks and they're listening to like Dua Lipa or something, or just music that you don't like. I don't know. It just could be very weird to like be like two stars or three stars during the ride. And then they see that or they shouldn't see that because their their eyes should be on the road. But I don't know. I just, I just felt like a kind of an awkward thing to do. I didn't realize that it should definitely just be, no, give the review afterwards. So you don't have to really deal with them and have any sort of like confrontation. Cause then if you give them a great review, I mean, no, that's nice because you give them a great review. Then they're going to be like, hey, thanks for that nice review, man. But um, I don't know. I just I never knew that was a feature. I've, I've been out of the Lyft and Uber game for a while. Um, so, yeah, I, I, really, um, uh, that was a great point made on that one. But, yeah, I don't know. I just never had seen that before. Um, 59. Well, we're almost at an hour. Bub boy. Um, I think that's it. Uh, we covered a lot. <laughs> we covered a lot. If you want to see, if you, if you were dying to see Babylon, see it. I know that I say that a lot. I'll like trash a movie and basically ruin it. Uh, and then you probably like fucking ru- like to crush your excitement for seeing it. But like, if you want to see it, see it. If look, if you like it, you like it. Like, what are you going to do? We all have our opinions, but like this one more than any movie I think I've ever talked about, even like licorice pizza, any movie that I've ever bashed on this show, this one takes the cake for genuinely. I think the kind of the worst movie I've seen in a while. Like <laughs> it's like the, it's the ultimate. <laughs> it really is just like, yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't. I mean, I haven't seen one werewolf. I haven't seen a werewolf in like 30 minutes in this movie. False advertising. Um, same with Babylon. I, again, like I don't even know why it's called Babylon. Although, you know what I got to say about Babylon? It lives up to the trailer. Cause when I saw that trailer, I was like, that movie's going to be fucking horrible. Um, like again, like you're making this movie and they, they like have this remixed like fame, uh, David Boy's fame in the trailer, and I'm just like about a movie from the 20s. I don't like when when movies do that. It's like like that movie Moulin Rouge, which I actually have never seen, but like doesn't that movie take place in like the 20s and. France, but then like Lil Kim is on the soundtrack. It's the same thing with Elvis. Like it's the exact same thing. Like Elvis had this, it's about Elvis yet. I feel like I'm watching like a nappy roots video (laughs) from like 2003. Um, Oh, and also the score from Babylon is really, it's not good. And it, it stays in your, it, it's good because like Damien Chazelle and, and his music guy are like really talented and they usually the music is great in the movies, but like this score is good, but it stays in your head in a really annoying way because the movie stinks. So it's just, as it's, I can't even really explain it. You just got to see it. Like any other movie, it'd be like, Oh, that's a cool score. But because it's scoring this shit movie, it like stays in your head and you're like, I'm not remembering that score as like a score that I like. I'm remembering that score. It's like PTSD. It's like you're remembering it in like a shit way because you're just watching this shitty movie. Um, But anyway, I'll stop. And that's that. And happy new year. Happy to be back. Camp is open. Here we go. I'm I'm at a more humane working level right now. So I'll be uh, I'll be back to my once a once a weeks. I'll see you guys next week. Uh, let's see if, let's see if I can find another movie to watch that. I, Cause I feel like I just trash movies on here and that's not what I want to do, but I'm just, you know, call them like I see them, but I'll see if I can't get like another movie, uh, like a, like a Top Gun Maverick, which I fucking rewatched on, um, 
Sunday because I was at the Chargers home finale against the Rams on Sunday. And for whatever reason, they were just hammering Top Gun Maverick on all the ads up on the screen, just like hammering that movie. Uh, and I came home and I watched it and God damn it. It's so, it's so damn good. That movie is just so fucking good. Um, and Megan, they were, they were really pushing me- that movie, Megan, which I, I I'm kind of curious to, to check out. Um, so that's that guys. Hope you had a great new year, a great holiday. Welcome back to camp. Let's do this 2023. Let's go. It's been a few kind of wonky days with some, some of these news stories that's going on. Let's see if we can't flip the script here. Um, and yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. And I will uh, talk to you soon. Stay safe out there and later guys. Bye.